Welcome to the If You Know You Know podcast with your host Rashad and your host Young. Young Blizzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back in another week. Mad energy. <laughs> Mad energy. <laughs> nah, but I, I, I always wondered that, like, why, like, why when you give people information when they need it, why can't they take it? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why do they have to? No, funny man. No, no, I no. But I'm just saying, like, Rashad. I yeah. mean, like, people don't want you talking about some shit unless they can see the results of whatever it is you're talking about. But why? Like, I, I've often tried to, and me, who I've always been, I've been a person that, like, when I speak, when I, I listen to people and I listen to what they've been through, I listen to what they go through, and I listen to all the type of advice that they give people, like me, because it's like shows you what you may miss or you know whatever, like. All their missteps, all their learnings and findings that they went through, you know, you find out. Yeah, that's but, how I got better. Too. Why is it that, like, when people ask for advice, like, I was telling my mom's athlete the other day, she was on FaceTime with her because she goes to Alabama State, and she was like, she she takes computer science. She's like, this shit is boring, and, like, it is kind of hard. And I was like, well, like, there's a direct correlation <laughs> in college. Like, easy shit in college doesn't translate. To making any type of money or having any stability once you graduate, everybody that I've seen in college, when you had a hard major, they had a job before they left and they were making hella money at twenty one, twenty two. Well, if it's hard, then the demand is probably not as high as something that's easy, right? Simple, makes sense. Precise. Or the demand is higher because people don't do it, so then you get paid more because there's less of you. I'm sorry, that's not, that's actually what I said. Oh, okay. I said that in reverse. The yeah. demand is high because they don't have enough people doing yeah. that. Yeah. And I was just like. I'm t- and I told her, I said straight up, I said, yo, listen, you are, you're a black woman. I said, you are young. And I said, if you do this and you stick it through, like, I said, it's not fun. Like cybersecurity. And, but mind you, she's, a, she's an athlete. And I said, you work hard. You train hard and track to be the best. It's the same, like, you work hard when nobody's, when, when people are watching and when nobody's watching to be the best. I said, it's the same in your career because you will be set at 22 years old possibly making over a hundred thousand when you come out and you're making more way more than what your parents made and you are automatically doing well way far better than majority of the people in the united states is that is that is is it considered boring no i mean but it's 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 considered boring boring for you if you if you don't like to be challenged if you don't like to be challenged it's challenging work every day is a challenge all of the work is challenging it was definitely like even the program that i did it was challenging but i didn't find it to be boring but maybe because where my mind was at that time that's why it wasn't boring i was interested in it so maybe that's why it wasn't boring if i could go back to if i can go back to when i was in college i would definitely do it like i if i had more guidance and knew where i needed to be i would definitely be doing computer science Mm -hmm. because one I know now that I would be making a hundred thousand dollars coming out of school, and I would already have a job at the end of my junior year. I would already have a contract signed. You probably would have became a senior, a senior engineer sooner. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Which is isn't that like a huge, huge deal? Pay difference. There's a big difference. Seniors typically at big companies start around like. What's the difference between being a senior engineer and a mid-level regular engineer? Like what is the difference? Like I so like that. there's associate, junior, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Associate, associate and junior are like the same. Yep. Mid is like a mid level, and then you got seniors. What does that What does that mean? What is the difference in your responsibility and your job? Like what does that mean? Like a senior, you you can work a lot more independently. You know more. Like you can make better from experience and knowledge. You can make better architectural decisions because like you're building. Think of it as building a house. Like you need to build this to scale. You have to think of. Um, 
complex issues, complex problems, know how systems work in and out, be able to document it, be able to tell people like you work more independently and people come to you more rather than you going to them. So, you know, that that entails like a mid-level you have, you know, you have some knowledge, you have guidance and, you know, you learn you know, you, you're, you're able to work more independently and people can like assign you larger stories and more complex stories and you can solve them. Um, but you don't have like the deep architectural understanding that comes along with it. Um, and then also like so for a junior, you're more fresh. Like you need to learn patterns. You need to learn standards. You need to learn, um, you know, like you have a basic understanding of how to do things, but not the complex way of how to do things and mm. how to think of refactoring, which is, basically like reworking code to make it more concise and more usable everywhere. Mm -hmm. So like if you're thinking about solving something for your one isolated issue, when like, so I'm trying to think of something. So if you have a, let's say a utility class and you have this one function where you need to use it if you're changing the font someplace or you're doing an animation, right? So you're doing an animation in one place, but you notice later down the line that you need that animation multiple places so as a junior you're not going to think down the line and to make like oh i'm going to make a utility class that is reusable everywhere and all you got to do is swap a couple override methods as a senior or as, as a mid-level and as a senior you need to think like that so when you're writing code like okay i wrote it oh it works for this for this intended use but i know down the line it needs to be bigger so let me make it more generic where i can just reuse it in other places and you're thinking that way so that way you're not writing the same lines mm -hmm. of code mm -hmm. in thousands of places mm -hmm. you write it one place and it and then you think about like single responsibility like this thing only needs to know about this and do this because when you have multiple dependencies if you make a change in one place it'll affect everywhere else where it's changed okay so, so, so yeah. the senior My and fault. the mid-level no it's all good it's all, good. It's all valuable it's basically a real uh, accurate measure of skill set and experience kind of put together skill set experience and knowledge and your ability to like really um break things break complex things down and explain to your product manager your designer your limitations so like what you'll get is a lot of like spikes which are just like explorations for you to like um, all right, we want to design, we want to use, like our designer built this. What do we need and what constraints, what things we may run into if we want to build this? What's a bad software engineer? Like a software engineer who's bad at his job or doesn't do well, what are the things that you will find in that? There's a lot of bugs, um, there's a lot of errors. Like bugs, attention to detail, but they're like, they're like things that you would deal with in regular jobs. So attention to detail, like not being thorough about your work or you can you can't really work without oversight uh people have to continuously tell you things like that they've told you and 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 it's basically your inability to retain things that we went over mm -hmm. um so like stuff like that and like if you're a pain to work with you don't you know like typical things that apply in every job it's just that you know is in this in this uh discipline it's like well you don't do this 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 and you're not learning and you're not progressing you're not putting in the time like every time we try to give you a task like if i've worked with you for six months um hand in hand and then i let you go off by yourself you can't get the work done by yourself and it's just like at a point you need to learn how to work independently and be thorough with what you do mm -hmm. so 
that 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 plays a factor. Right? Okay, so that could translate basically into a lot of positions. Yeah, at different. It's at just different like if you're an electrician, you start as an apprentice. You're going to learn under somebody, and you need to learn, you know, how to wire this and wire this house and mm-hmm. do complex things. And at a point, you need to be able to venture off to where. If I if I hire you, you're an apprentice, and I have my like senior, you know, electrician working with you. I'm expecting you to learn from him and learn on the job. So then now we can make more money when we need to split, and I can send him to one job, and I can spend send her to another job. And now like we're we're a lot more um, flexible, and we're able to take on a lot more because you have the knowledge to do so. Mm-hmm. So that's how you should think about like your business and and anything like you want. That's why in terms of like training, training is huge and like hiring and training is huge because one, you want to be able to develop the talent that you have. And I think a lot of places they suffer with uh, not being able to develop the talent that they have and that which ultimately leads to loss of revenue and setbacks because you can't scale the way you want to. I think that's a big issue in a lot of places. Hiring is huge. Not being able to develop the talent you have. Hiring is huge and then developing the talent. Like if you know you have people who are smarter and like they work a lot faster, then you need to be able to adapt to give them things that will keep them stimulated, Mm -hmm. mentally stimulated. Because the worst thing you can do is have somebody on your team that's really good, but they don't feel challenged. So they're like, all right, well, this shit is boring. I'm going to just find another job that challenges me. Yeah. That that happens. That does um, happen for sure. Nah, but yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about on this pod today, okay, um, is because we mentioned it a lot, especially with you know Black Lives Matter, everything that's been going on lately. Um, I did wanted to mention to you that police shooting with um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the cop shot him one time, and he apparently had a gun and he threw it. At, he threw it like he threw it like into the playground. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I wasn't familiar with that, but well, okay. But he was, getting, he was getting ran down on. He pulled the gun out. Cop shot him, and um, it was in D.C. Matter of fact. Okay, he he threw the gun. Yeah, and this then, is like confirmed and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a video. What, what's his name? If like, you just no. put, all right, I'm gonna find it really quick for you. Basically, he but he the cops did shoot him, but he got shot one time intentionally. The cops shot him oh, one time. Oh, the officials released Dion K. That's his name. Maybe, maybe. A dramatic body cam. Um. Footage shows the moment an 18-year-old black man was shot and killed by police in D.C. He yeah, was shot and later pronounced yeah. dead at a hospital um, around reports with a gun. The video shows they pulled up to a parked vehicle where Kay and another man were sitting before they both take off running. Kay wearing dark jeans and a white tank top, holding the weapon in his hand as he turns and faces the cops who shoots him once in the chest. The teenager falls to the ground and is heard grunting, clutching his chest. Blood can be seen. Shots fire the cop radios. The officer starts to look for a gun. Where is it? The officer, I don't know. I'm looking for the gun. He threw it. And then um, the officers can be heard describing the second man in the car who shot the police said he got away. Hey, I got it. I got it. The officer who fired his fatal shot is heard allegedly after finding the gun. This is the one that he was holding. Okay. Yes. So, you know, there were people. See, this is like, like, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna be the ops right now a little bit. This is where we have very valid movements and very valid reasons, and then we help invalidate it. And this doesn't invalidate anything, but it helps them make excuses to try to invalidate the movement when we support shit like this. There was mad people saying like. 
trying to protest and, and be upset mm-hmm. and saying, oh, why did they kill him? You know, I mean, why did they shoot him? They could have... It's like, yo, all right, now y'all sounding, you know, the people who are claiming to be on our side of the battle and our side of the goal, mm-hmm. who, are def- who are saying what the cops did in this scenario, you're wrong. And when you And when you don't admit that this is just a just reason to let off, and he didn't even let off. He shot one time. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have very easily. He could have. He had the green light to let off. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He shot one time. And the person actually had a firearm. And people are saying, why did he shoot him? This has to stop. Da, da, da. Like, yeah, this has to stop. But this isn't one of those cases. Like, a cop is not going to just let himself get shot and then shoot. Yeah, that I mean. That doesn't make sense. That's not fair to any. That's, like, you wouldn't do that. Nobody who's even on our it's side hard to do your would job. do this. Like, oh, I got to wait till you have the gun pointed at me and shooting at me to then shoot? No, nah, that's wild. That's what, I think. I can't have a death sentence to be able to just perform the job. That's not fair. And that's not right. I don't think that's what we're. I don't even think that's what anybody's even re- requesting or asking for. But then when you put it like that and then you sit here and go in comments and go on all these platforms and then defend, try to defend that, it makes the whole all lives matter and blue lives matter people look like. They have some validity when they don't, because they will. This is what I mean. They will snatch these things and try to use it as an example to try to invalidate what we've been fighting for. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring that up because that shit kind of pissed me off. Like, it's like, yeah, what are y'all talking about? No, I think a lot of people have to understand, like when, like, systemically, the the police departments are like inherently racist and you know oppressive against black people. Like that is a known thing, but there are instances where. You know their job isn't easy. I think I think a lot of people first people need to understand their job is not easy. Do they need to hire better people? They need to hire a lot better, one thousand percent. But there are instances where they have to do their job, and their job is to protect themselves first. And if somebody has a gun visible, are you going to ask him what he's going to do with it, or are you going to protect yourself? Like because at that point he he he's in the clear to shoot him. Like, why else are you pulling out the gun? But, like, but like, why as a people are we being so ridiculous? It's very simple. Please do not kill people who are clearly not in a violent situation. As a cop, you can't be the aggressor. Stop killing unarmed black men over nonsense, little to nothing. Mm-hmm. Traffic stops and that. And at the same time, if you're pulling out on a cop, expect to be shot. It's, yes. It's, it's not even like this... I understand. I can't. I can't give us that much credit as people because we're not that smart. It's really to me. It's simple, but to the world, it's not. So it's obviously not simple. But bro, we're not asking for ridiculous. It's not a ridiculous request for unarmed people who are not even really a threat mm-hmm. to be shot in the back or shot in any kind of scenario. But then when something like this happens, when a shooting does happen, you can't. You can't. You can't. Like, yeah, there's no. That. There's no protest for that because are you willing to swap places with that with that police officer and then you make that split decision of seeing somebody pull out a gun as you're going to, like, question them or just don't. You know what? There should just be another rule. If they can't handle this because they really can't because it keeps happening. Like the gentleman who just got shot in the back seven times. Um, Take a blade. You seen his video? Uh, no, video I, I, I saw, but I didn't. I didn't watch it. Oh, I yeah. watched it. We were just talking, but. Um, if I feel like it should be a rule, I've always felt this way for a while. If you're a cop and you don't feel comfortable handling the situation, you should fall back. You can have your gun drawn. I mean, you should fall back, and then you should 
manage the, situ- the situation from a distance. If you can't, then you got to wait for other people to do it. Yeah, because I mean, but that, that's, that can't just be sh- that's... You can't just be shooting people for dumb shit. I mean, that's hard, but like, like I think one thing... Off. one like thing if, that... I got into, if I got into a, a, a situation, right, with a cop and I got pulled over and he's being abnormally aggressive, I would probably not want to... I would not want to comply with his commands, but I would keep myself in a place where I'm safe and I would ask him to please get more people. Please get more people who feel comfortable in this scenario because I'm harmless. If and you you're have making the, me appear if you, like if, I'm if not you harmless. have that chance. If I had that chance, yes. meaning I would maybe I'm just guessing what I would do, but maybe I would put my hands on the outside of the car, but I'm not getting out. There. I'm not doing anything you say because everything you say is a reason why you could pull the trigger right now. Please, I'm requesting you to get somebody else or a group of y'all. So many of y'all where you finally feel comfortable, but you can't. I can't do this with yeah. you. I mean, that, that's not going to work because people have been shot for less than that. I, yeah. wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be able to have that conversation. That's unrealistic. That's unrealistic from that specific cop that I'm talking about in this hypothetical scenario. That conversation, not I, I go think, smoothly, but still, I think one of the things is like you, like what I said. I think I said it a couple podcasts. Especially if my you, son's in the car with me or some shit. Oh no, nah, I'm not trusting you in my life. But I'm like, not giving you the respect for you to find a stupid excuse to try to end yeah, my life. But police nah. officers just need to have like their own malpractice insurance. So like that's what it needs to be. Like so, think about a doctor. A doctor has the license and the right to work on their own patients, and you know, like when they when they want to start their own practice or when they're working in a hospital, right? So they have their own malpractice for if they fuck up. And that typically costs a lot of money to insure themselves for potential fuck ups because people do sue. So as a result of that, they are very careful about what they do. If a police officer has to pay malpractice insurance just in in the event that you do something, then it changes the game of how you actually police. So like all of these unwarranted um killings and all these unwar- like aggressive tactics you would think twice before you actually do something if you don't have the protection financially behind you of the unions and honestly it just comes back to being being right and doing things and having ethics like if somebody is wrong somebody's wrong like if, if, if you can't protect them like so the fact that though the police officers police union wasn't outraged when those two cops raped that 15 year old girl who was in the van like had her in handcuffs and because there's a loophole in the law where technically you can rape them what the fuck are you talking about you never you didn't see that article it was like a year and a half ago two years ago it was two nypd officers raped a 15 year old girl in the car what is this loophole you're talking about there's a loophole where they couldn't like they, there was a loophole where they really couldn't charge them because it was it was weird. Like, let me see. I'm, I'm gonna look this shit up. Yeah, NYPD cops who raped Anna. What's her name? Anna Chambers. Two two NYPD cops coerced Anna Chambers into sex in exchange for her freedom, and the judge just gave them no time. Mm. And basically, now uh, now I know why I never heard about it. Yeah, the, I meant to hear about it. That's look, look. Um, they raped her on duty. Um, no jail time. Uh, Eddie Martins and Richard Hall, the cops who resigned after the incident, <laughs> incident, were sentenced to five years of probation and pleaded guilty to eleven charges, including bribery and misconduct. Both men admitted to having sex with the teenage girl so they while were she able was to plead to a lower charge on that. Yep. Um, the fuck. 
while having sex with a teenage girl while she was held in their custody in 2017. An act that, an act that, thanks to Chambers' case, now constitutes as rape under the law and always constituted rape under any moral of the of the moral reading of the word. The pleas and the light sentences handed down in a secretive court hearing come at the same moment the NYPD officers and their belligerent union are protesting the long overdue firing of Daniel Pantaleo. That was a cop who killed uh, Eric Gardner. So, long story short. They was, was the girl black? No, she was. Um, she looks white. Um, but they raped the girl. They raped the girl in custody, and then the police union didn't say anything about it. They didn't condemn them. They protected them. And think about it, they got lower charges. So that 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 systemic thing of you protect the motherfuckers who's out here raping girls, but you we, you're supposed to be held to a higher integrity. Back you are supposed to be mad that that they raped a young woman in custody abusing their power now if that was your daughter i guarantee you, you would speak out i guarantee you, you wouldn't be protecting motherfuckers in that yeah. union yeah. like and that's where that's where it needs to break the lines because too many motherfuckers are quiet like oh well you can't break you can't break with the union who are these people like, what the because fuck? you it's dumb motherfuckers who feel like empowered like if you are a police wrong is wrong and right is right and if you don't speak up for something then it's liable to happen to you because now when it does happen to you or does happen to a family member you're gonna feel so enraged and all this shit just because but you still quiet when that happened to that person like we need a new vigilante out here, a new superhero. No, but that is integrity. Like, it's integrity. Like, think about how the union is so vocal about supporting Trump. They're vocal about Black Lives Matter protests. They're all this integrity about their, you're, you're speaking a lot about this. But when this happened in your own ranks, you didn't even come out and say nothing about it. You didn't even come out and condemn it publicly as an entire union. You protected them. We need we need a new superhero, bro. It's not even a superhero. No, we it's do just need a superhero. No, it's just you make now because of that because you have to break the unions and how do you break the unions? And then start to look and, and this is what I was saying. I, I, I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to say this the other day about um, protesting. I think we are at the point of we need to stop being in the streets protesting and we need to protest in a different manner and we need to protest. In the way, the number one way that it hits people's pockets financially, that is more effective. Not I mean, you, now you talking, now you potting. No, but that is. I, that, agree that. I, I know I agree with that. But even if you look at history, they marched before, like they marched way back in the sixties and stuff. They marched, but then what did they do? They boycotted. They boycotted the bus company in Alabama and. It it crippled the economy so bad it was like yo no 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 yo, yo it's bad well, and then. Works. Boycotting works because now you are depriving the money. Like when when motherfuckers got money, they have to come to a solution. Yes, because that's why I was saying. That's why when we were talking about that NBA shit, and I brought up the NFL. I mean, but that's different. I don't want to talk about that because that is completely different from. Okay, I only said it because if the NFL boycotted, Mm -hmm. even if just the black players boycotted, yeah, it would force it would force a conversation. Oh, most definitely, it would force solution. We have no, we can't have this. Yeah, we can't have this every Sunday. What are we gonna do? Yeah, it forces that, and like you said with the bus company. They can't have that. But if you want to see change, like, I think, like, because, I mean, think about what happened in Kenosha with, like, the protesters, you know, getting killed because you got these dumbass, you know, vigilantes and white supremacists out there now want to shoot. Looks pro- pretty acceptable, by shoot, the way. Shoot pro- oh, super acceptable for them. But to shoot protesters and stuff. Haven't heard nobody, I haven't heard nobody condemn them. Nope. I haven't heard no foul language about nope. them. 
Haven't heard nothing negative. Everybody, All I know is where these hood niggas at, where, and they need to come through. But aside from that, I don't even want to get there I'm not yet. Gonna, I'm not gonna go, no, I'm not gonna go there. But, but my I'm whole just saying. But where y'all at? All right. So like, I don't think. It, and same thing happened in Portland with the protester being shot and killed. Like, I think like at this point, there's no point in even being out there. We need to hurt them in a different way. And how do you hurt them? Hurt them financially. So. The things that make these institutions thrive, and, and, and you need to you need to hold them accountable and start to uh, 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 deprive them of the money. So we're talking about unions, we're talking about police, and we're talking about this. There are more people than there are police people. There are more people than there are there are people. police officers. Yeah, so what you need to do is now you for you put pressure on that politician. Elections are coming up. If you do not vote and get behind this, you are getting the fuck out. We people have the power. People have to understand that you have the power, and no longer can this politician show up. And that's why I always had issues with politicians that show up to church around every every time, everywhere they go. They're just blatantly during. They're all liars. It's OD. I don't want to say that they're all liars because some be really riding for the people. Yeah, but it's blatantly fake as fuck. Yes, it's all fake because motherfuckers don't be really riding for you and what you need to do and and to better your community. So it's just like. You need to hold the same way you hold your waiter accountable when your fucking steak is medium and you told them well. You need to hold them accountable. Hold your politicians accountable to that same shit. And that's how you affect change because now, nah, bro, we're not, we not rocking with this. We're not voting for you. And if you and if you do some other shit, you better get the fuck up out of there right now. Listen, the second, the second you boycott, if people don't know, I, I'm going to give, um, I'll say educated Guess and understanding of what goes on when you boycott, and if a specific person has an invested financial interest in something, and you boycott that, and the money starts going down, and then you know they'll they'll their first assumption will it will be this won't last, they'll stop, mm-hmm. this will end, the bleeding will end. If you boycott for a significant amount of time, if it's a company that has shareholders and other people involved, they will force a solution. For whoever is causing that issue, like for example, if you're if you're boycotting a politician who has a invested interest in a specific company, and you're and maybe you work for that company, and a group of you have boycotted, and it's actually affecting the dollars the company makes, and this is a company with shareholders, mm-hmm. the shareholders are not going to sit here and just hold the L. No, they're not going to do. They're going to say, "Yo, what are you going to do to fix this?" Oh, what are you gonna do? Because then we're gonna have to get you up out of here. Yep. What are you gonna do to fix this? What are you gonna do? Because they care about the business. They care about the money. They care about the money. They care about the money. They care about the business. So it's that's an actionable protest because it will work. It will affect them. They're not gonna just sit there and bleed. They're not because everything is about this bread and about this money. Like so, they're not gonna bleed. But people have to feel that. I think. I think you said this a a minute ago. The coronavirus had everybody out of work and had everybody. Feeling like okay, I got time now to act on shit. I got time now to pay attention to this. I got time now to 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 maybe go out and feel how I really feel now because now my brain is a little bit more clear from all the fog from working my time, mm-hmm. taking care of my kids, coming home, being busy all the time. Whatever you do, you know what I'm saying. And it's like if we could come together, none of this shit works. It only works because we're separated. It only all works because bullshit. you're so you're so in the fog of the rat race That's every it. day of That's doing it. this. No, it only works because we're not together as a society. Pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention to what is going on. Like it, it only, it only on look. I brought this example up a long time ago in one of our earlier episodes about the fees and the shit with college when I mailed them that letter. Yeah. The only reason why they could charge us fees that it's are because we allow them is because we pay it. 
if we said I'm not if, paying these fees. If every student, not even every, just the majority of students said, "Yo, I'm not coming to this school and I'm not paying any tuition because you guys have this bullshit service fee that makes no sense and this bullshit other fee and it's not justified. It's not broken down. It's not justified. We're not coming here. Fees gone. Exactly. It's gone. Same with it's gone. Look, when, they're gonna lose their business over a fifteen dollar fee. Like gone. think about it. You buy a two thousand dollar meal plan, but four hundred goes to a, a service fee. So I'm spending two thousand dollars on a meal plan that is supposed to feed me for an entire semester, but I'm only going to see sixteen hundred of it because you have a service fee. Then you eat that fee. I'm not fucking paying you for that making fee. Making all this money because if I fee. because if you I go anywhere else, if I have two thousand dollars to feed myself, and like this is how they do it because you are mandated to have it as a student that lives on campus. You have to have a meal plan. These are deals we would never agree to. You know that, right? Never. Like, these are deals that if I gave it to you straight up, this is just tricky. But if I gave it to you straight up, you'd never agree. Bro, if, if I said I'll give you $2,000, right? If we made a deal, but I'm, but you're only going to get 1600 because I'm charging you $400 just to barter this deal. You're going to look at me like, suck bro, my dick. Get the fuck out of here. Bro, that's like staying at a hotel and they have, they're have they mandating you to get food room service. Knowing that you're not going to eat there. Nah, see, like, like if you stay here, you're gonna have to agree. get. Why are we? See, we agreed it. We just walk into shit. We don't. Like, it's not but, like we walk into shit because we're living life. But, and doing but think about. Do. But it it is in essence like they're preying on the youth. They're preying on teens to make 100%. these decisions because 100%. it's not like you're not coming to an able-bodied adult and saying like, yeah, this is where these fees are, and like these people pay it, but like it's just not big enough to be. Nigga, you want me here? How are yeah. you controlling the deal? Like this is where we don't have the control. How are you? It's like. If I am selling you a product, I control the product's price. In their case, they're welcoming us. They're trying to buy us. They're buying you. But they're somehow still controlling the deal. That shit doesn't make any sense. And Nigga, no, I there's mad schools here. And I don't have to pick your school. I'm picking your school. You're not controlling this deal. Nigga, I'm controlling this deal. And not advising you. Which majors you should go in because it has the best return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, you can study whatever you want to study. But these are the best majors that will give you the best return on your investment. That's a beautiful stat, actually. If every school provided, not every school, but if schools provided like a... a, 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 a ROI? A return on investment. They, <laughs> yeah. don't, they don't do a that. <laughs> a return on investment statistic. Yeah. If the schools provided that, that'd be fire. Like, if you go into photography... It'll show you what the return on investment, what your potential is, like your tenure, like like a real investment portfolio per. It per is major. an invest. That's kind of fire. If people are investing, That's super fire, bro. If people are investing sixty grand for four years, I want to see the ROI see, on actually, on me on me choosing this major. Actually, I would love that because then you can even hold students more accountable for their decisions. Like, I love that in both ways. In both ways, the university is being held accountable. They're doing the right thing. And students are being held more accountable because you have now the opportunity to look at the ROI. You've seen when you chose, um, you know, I'm trying to not violate. I mean, I mean you don't want to violate but, people, but, but I, you chose this major that has been projected to not produce. When you chose psychology, you know that. When you get your bachelor's, you're not going to have, you're not going to get paid immediately. You're gonna, it takes you to go get your master's, mm -hmm. then you got to go get your PhD mm -hmm. in order to see any type of money. Like, this is the career outcome. Mm -hmm. And you're going to invest, let's just say, over $200,000 over a 10-year span mm -hmm. in order to get this. And then, after the 10 years, this is how much you can potentially make. Like, if you break that out, 
I mean, you'll see a lot more bullshit majors fizzle out. Yo, that's really fire. I mean, you, that's really, really fire. So Chase, as you know, Chase Bank has its own website. JP yes. Morgan has a website. But then JP Morgan has a separate website connected to the JP Morgan website mm-hmm. that's all about the portfolios and the performance of their um, investment products. And then you click on that, you know, whatever, you click on A share or C shares, whatever, that doesn't matter. You click on it and then you can see the performance of these things um, through the years. Through the years. Um, how they performed and when things were bad. Mm-hmm. But hypothetically, if something like that, like your school website and then a separate website based off of the majors your school offers and what the performance has been and you could just put in the major and see what has been done over the years, the the um the re- not just the return on investment, but what that field has performed financially for mm-hmm. people over the years, what type of dedication it takes, if there's extended schooling needed. Like, I don't know. I think that's a great idea, to be honest. It is. I think that's it's a million dollar, there's a million dollar you, business I can right hold there. you more accountable. Like, my nigga, you didn't go look at your return on investment on the, on the major you picked before you picked it? Like, I can hold you more accountable as a student. But that's what advisors should do. Like, that you is should, what advisors should advisors do. Advisors should do. Like, but advisors do a lot of babysitting and doing a lot of other shit. That, but also gets convoluted by the school wanting to make money. So we'll let you, we'll let you study liberal arts knowing that it's not going to trickle out into anything. You will have a hard time knowing the pointless. knowing the economy. Like, think about it. School is meant for higher education, right? Well, college and universities are meant for higher education, mm-hmm. which means people are supposed to be highly intelligent, have more knowledge about things in the world. So I'm pretty sure you have an economist on campus. An economist studies the economy and things that factor in it. So how is it that you have an economist and, and you're not guiding kids and they're not in tune with your advisors telling them like, yeah, um, so we should stop offering liberal arts. We should start offering, we should start having a focus over here because one, not only will it make, it will give an ROI for the students, but it will make our department stronger, our university stronger mm-hmm. in this aspect because now we are only as good as what we put out. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I went to, it's like playing on the best AAU basketball team over here. If all of us go over here and we're all of us are going Division One, that brand reputation, like, yo, I'm going here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why, like, in our area, everybody, if you're a top athlete, you go to St. Anthony's. Why? Because you're going to play the best competition, you got the best facilities, and you're going to go somewhere. They already have connections. You're not going to go to a school that don't got, like, you're not going to go to, and I don't want, and I'm not throwing no jabs because some of them do really good jobs, but you're not going to go to Hills East where the, where the, where the art teacher is a basketball coach and their focus on is art and doing basketball over here and not sending your recruiting tape out for you to go have relationships with coaches and shit when they got a whole dedicated athletic director, they have recruiting coordinators and that their job is to get you seen. Resources. They got the resources. You're not going to send your kid like, I'll spend the extra money because I know my kid's going to get, I'm paying paying for for this. Yeah, that's what you're paying for. And I just think that like there's in, 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 it's all about what you, you are only as good as about what you put out. That's why people go to the top schools in like a Duke or, or Harvard or, you know, they have certain connections that other people don't have. So they, these schools need to start to, to run on like we're only as good as what we put out we need to make sure that like okay if you come to this school you are going to be proficient at all levels in this this is what we specialize in mm-hmm. and we do well in these other aspects but we really do good here and you're gonna when you go into the field people are gonna know oh yeah now nah, you went to Stony Brook oh yeah nah they solid mm-hmm. same way that people look at Harvard or they look at Yale or they look at any of the Ivies oh you went to an Ivy oh that means you must be smart mm-hmm. 
Brand reputation it matters. Brand matters, man. <laughs> nah, it does. People, you know, all the shit matters. Brand matters. I got some new brands coming out. I got some new things coming out soon. What? You know, stay tuned. Yo, I, I wanted to talk coming out. real quick before you get I'm funny. not going to go into what, I'm, what I got. Not okay. I was like, real quick before you get funny. Oh, good, good, good. Nah, I wanted to talk about, because this is actually really big right now. Oh, so it's not funny? Nah, it's actually serious. Oh. It's not super serious, but... <laughs> but <laughs> no, but are you familiar with the pay the pay tax deferral, payroll tax deferral program? Nope. So... Maybe. Uh, um, we'll see. So, uh, Trump... This is like a part of their plan, so they're making it optional. So, so it's a plan to allow employers to suspend collection of Social Security payroll taxes from now, from September first to the end of the year, right? Okay, I, so, I am somewhat familiar with this. I don't okay. I know that's what it was called. So, people who make less than a hundred and four thousand dollars a year will see more on their paycheck because they're not collecting Social Security, mm-hmm. which is they're uh, not paying into it. Yeah, which is twelve point four percent. Now, from January to April, they will be collecting that money. So, it's it's not like so. What happens is people are gonna think that it is a oh I'm getting way more money. It's not no gift. It is it's a loan. And essentially, what you need to do if you are affected by this is save all that extra money so that way you're not hurting when they take the thirteen percent. Yeah, when they take I think it's. Yeah, when they take that thirteen percent additional in from January to April to make up for the money that they didn't collect from September to December. This has been approved. Yes, it's approved. It's in action right now. Oh, word. Yes. What, uh, effective since when? Uh, September first. Also, oh, I didn't feel it yet. No. Well, you mean if you make over a hundred, a hundred and four thousand, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not. It's not for you. Oh. Yeah. But if you make less than a hundred and four thousand. Then it's automatically taking out your tech, your check. You're going to see a larger te- a larger paycheck because you're not paying into Social Security. But come January through April, they are collecting that out of your check. So your check is going to be significantly so smaller. Go, your check is going to fluctuate a little bit. Yeah, that's good for them, though. I guess. No, good for who? For the people who need that bread. No, because because it's going to go back, but it's going to go back to what you're used to. No, not what you're used to. Double. Double. You didn't say it's going to double. They're collecting the money that they didn't get. Oh, they're gonna take the money back. Yes. I thought you meant they're gonna just get turn they're just, the switch back on. No, they're just deferring it. So they're you not. You should have to agree to that. What if I don't want that? Well, certain employers you can opt out. Yeah, like, so you're, I, you're, you're, I would be like, nah, I want to opt out. Yeah, but that because now you're gonna give me an issue later that I don't want. Yeah. So they that said could really backfire. On expl- a lot of, that's gonna backfire on a lot of people. Yeah. They said employers should explain to employees that this collection will, will result in. Smaller paychecks during the first four months of the new year, um, after thirtieth, nah, after April thirtieth, twenty twenty one, penalties, interest, You're and additions to tax will begin to accrue on employers for tax amounts that have not been repaid. Hey, we already know y'all don't know how to spend right. We already know. Fuck that. We already know when y'all got them stimulus checks. Well, it's we not. It, it's buying, it's so not really. I don't know. Out. I don't know if it's really on on. Uh, I don't really know if it's on the individual employees. It's more so on the employers, because um, it, it's up to the employers. But as a company, you can say you want to opt out. Like we're just going to continue to pay our tax. Like we don't yeah, want to. That'd be good if you opt out, because that can be very bad for people. Well, it's just like the people who didn't I think pay people their. People will spend. It's just like the people who did. Well, it's not. It's not even on the people. It's not even. I. I. I think I. 
explained it wrong. It's not on the people. It's on the employers. No, I'm saying, but when the people get those checks that are now yeah. different. And your employer can withhold, like, yeah, we're going to have to small shorten up your check because we're trying to offset for this. So, technically, it does kind of uh, impact employees because your employer makes a choice whether they're going to defer it or um, opt out of it. If you opt out, then it's still going to be the same. But if you defer it, then your check will be larger. But then it's your company. There's a new can of worms that's going to be opened up next yeah. year. Well, because Trump's trying to do it for the. So, he's trying question. to do it before the election. So that, I was just going to say, I have a question. So let's say he gets this passed. Well, you said it passed. It already passed. It's already in effect. And then the new pres- if a new president is elected, then that kind of sucks because now they just got to ride into that can of worms. Yes and no, because the companies that opted out can opt out like yeah they, but they, I'm saying for the companies that opted in that's a can of worms it's gonna you already know what's gonna happen not a can of but it's a can of worms for those companies because they're gonna have to repay that and then like what happens is if a lot of companies let's say band together and say that well we we don't think that we should repay it then it becomes a problem for the new government that comes in the new president and everybody I'm else tell Trump that I'll vote for him if he gives me this bag I'm not gonna do it but I just need him to think I will so, because I know election coming up, I'll, t- I'll, I'll promote him on this pod for two weeks if he gives us the bag. But then I'll, you know, what I mean, nah, I'll man. text everybody. People, people, listening. <laughs> do you think people are upset? Time. Like, do you think the the Trump supporters are really upset? Uh, like what? That they got conned by like no, a con man? Definitely not. You don't think so, bro? Like Trump supporters do not support Trump. The majority, I'm not gonna say all. Oh, the majority of Trump supporters do not support Trump because of his his political benefits to them they support him because he's a fucking movement he's a statement mm. he's a he's a he is something he's a whole entire mindset they support him because of that it ain't about we have left that <laughs> at the beginning of this presidency we left trying to support people because of what they do we support now because of per- people are voting for against trump because they're being against trump and people are voting for trump because they're for trump mm. not even about what's in between in the guts yeah, I mean, like, well, did you see that he like, and obviously, it's nothing to be surprised about, but he stopped all of he banned all of the racial training, racial bias trainings at all the federal buildings because he said it's un-American and basically saying that there's no there's no history of systemic oppression. Like, there were trainings to teach all everybody about it. He's a little white guy. What do you want? What do you expect? Of course. That's I mean, it. we we know. That's it. Honestly, after a certain age. You know how we always have to walk into every room and prove who we are? If you're a white, old white dude, and you're over a certain age, I don't know what the number is, but you're over a certain age, you got to prove yourself before you walk into the room, bro. We got to know We gotta know your mindset is clear. You're not racist. You don't have old thoughts buried buried in there. We got to make sure you good before any room you walk in because, like, y'all be volleying straight up. So, y'all just got like, to prove that y'all straight before I walk in. I, just, I be just like, yeah, damn, bro. Like, what's really good with y'all? Y'all really that slow? Like, are y'all really that dumb? I mean, but also then it's just like you you complicit in your racism. Yeah, but in their mind, they're not. They're, it's not racism. It's just that's what it's supposed to be for them. Like, they're the default. You know what I'm saying? Like, you open up a, you know, you, you open up a game, a video game, right? A brand new game. What is the character? It's going to be a white man, okay? The main character of the video game is going to be a white man. The main character of the story is supposed to be a white man. To them, they're the default, bro. They've been, they've been, they've been deeply taught that mm. but to us there is no default it's just everybody's whoever it is and it is what it is like it's not we're not even thinking like that and then even though it doesn't go for everybody that's just how it kind of works but 
you know, cynical Vlad, don't worry about me. Cynical Vlad. <laughs> cynical Vlad is bad funny. <laughs> Craig wanna come back, bro. I know. Everybody we had a uh we had a lot of uh good good feedback. Everybody yeah. likes Craig. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like him playing middleman. I feel like he was holding back, man. He's being shy. Yeah. He's being a little shy. No, nah, you gotta show the real real yeah, Craig. Scumbag Craig. I'm gonna put the battery I will put the battery in his back next episode. Watch. Right before it starts actually. Yeah. In the pre production, we put the battery in his back <laughs> No, nah, for real, Kurt. Um, no, nah, he loved it though. It was really we had some very funny conversations, but <laughs> all about shit that's really going on out in these streets in the world. Not for so, real. Everything be really I mean, going on. Like this would be happening. So, I mean, life happens. Should be happening. I think like this is gonna be a weird holiday season. Well, do you think um this is gonna be interesting New Year's? You think on New Year's Eve, the New York City is gonna be doing what it does? Hell no. It's canceled. Yeah, is this the first time it's ever been canceled since it start since it started? Probably. It's okay. You think it's, you can still rent a room. You think, I'm saying, do you think they're still gonna do something? I mean, you could still probably rent book the hotel rooms because you are they gonna do a ball drop? Hell think? no, no. It's too many people. Are they, I'm saying, I'm saying, are they gonna do it peopleless? Oh yeah, yeah, they'll do that because you know it doesn't spread. You know, potentially spread the virus, but like you know, you're 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 thinking about liability and. and it's a good New Year's for people to do it different. It is go somewhere, go rent a little little spot, Cabin, a cabin. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, different. I think it. Would, I think this, 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 um, this. I think it's good to reflect on like this year. Like, you got a lot of people lost their life, a lot of people not here and shit. And like, it really gave people time to to hopefully see what's truly important to them in life and to function. Because when everything was shut down, what really mattered? Like, what did you do? You know, what did you need in life to really function? Niggas wasn't taking trips. Nobody, like, you couldn't take trips. You mm. couldn't go to the club. You couldn't go to brunch. You couldn't go to all these places. You would only do the things that were important to you. So, like, it became a point of, like, what really mattered at that point. You've seen a lot more people chill, chill with their family. A lot more people become closer with their friends. Mm. Like, really value their friends and, 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 like, you know, Talk about their emotions. Talk about a whole bunch of shit. Like, really gave people a chance to like stop living in the rat race in this bubble mm-hmm. of like, oh, this is like, yeah, I'm spending money and doing this. I'm doing stuff for the gram. You couldn't do it for the gram. We all home. Yeah, we all. We could, I mean, you could create our OnlyFans and that's it. That too. But yeah, you couldn't do it for the gram. But I think I think it's a, it's a different New Year's. Like, it is going to be a different New Year's. And it ain't gonna be. I mean, you will see parties and shit. But like. At that point, do you really want to... You could chill with your peoples. Like, I think the whole thing that people don't understand with, like, social distancing distancing and stuff is that, like, it's good to chill with your peoples because if I... Like, me and you, like, we, we solid. And I know if I, like, get any symptoms or I feel any type of sick, I will tell you, like, yo, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm not even going to pull up. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. But we know that there are people that will pull up. So, pull up. Yeah. so it's just, like... If you're in large groups of people, you can't control who's around who and how it spreads. So, and people don't operate the same way. So, you're potentially putting yourself at risk trying to be, you know, oh, I wanted to smoke this hookah. I wanted to go to this pool party. And rather than like, I could chill with my peoples, like, because I know they wouldn't do that to me. And if they did, they would immediately be like, yo, yo, I tested positive. I think you need to go get tested and make sure you're good or whatever. Like, so I think that that's the whole thing, the misconception with the people. Well, people, just, people just want to dance with a girl again. I can't go outside. I mean, like, you can't even hear reggae music the same anymore. Like, I mean, you can't. You can't even, like, I mean, you just got to do this little 
by yourself shit. That shit is whack. All that by yourself shit. <laughs> I mean, Doing, there's a lot of these when you buy yourself. I mean, it is whack. I mean, like when you do, buy yourself, do, you do a lot of the, the finger gun. Do you, I mean, honestly, do you like it that you get to like save a lot of money? Like, it is drastically. You really saving that much money just buying shit online all day? Nah, you're really saving a lot more money. I guess, but I just be buying a lot. Think of about shit how much money you would have spent on brunch from from like. <laughs> all right, so it's not going there, but it went somewhere. Like, else. think about it, like think about like. Actually, it went to good places. A lot of my money actually. Not, it went to I better. A lot of house shit. It went to more yeah, useful yeah. places rather yeah, than like. Think about it, bro. Back. Yeah, it, you're right. It, it's Saturday night right now. If, yeah, what if, am I doing here with you? If outside was open, <laughs> we would not be talking to each other right now. We'd probably be at a bar. Yeah, we'd be spending a hundred dollars in. Sitting there looking around and shit. A hundred dollars in, then you would be like, "Yo, damn son, I'm hungry." Oh, let's go get some food. Then we gotta order the hookah because of Kimi. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mad hookah tips. Yo, yo, bring an extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want to get a bottle, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we already got like three drinks. We might as well just get a bottle. <laughs> yo, yo, why do yo why do why do people do that when they go out? Like, well, you order six drinks. Oh, it's like yo, we could have just got four bottles of the same shit. Like, what are we doing? Like, we did that mad times. I've done that mad times, and like, but we've gotten smart as we gotten older. We got smart about it. Yo, these 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 establishments, yo, they got to be feeling it. Like, oh, like they gotta be. I mean, that's why they're so thirsty to open back up. But they gotta be feeling it because they they overcharge significantly to make. But like, they overcharge. Part of the reason why they overcharge so much, which people don't care or know, is because they are being overcharged. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They are being overcharged, so they gotta make for them to make profit. They gotta hit. They gotta hit something. But and do you really you, think, in terms of, and mainly yeah. in terms of liquor, do you really think that they are being like severely no. overcharged? No, not on like the liquor side. No, they probably get a great deal actually because they're buying a huge amount of bulk amount amount of liquor. And if you buy in certain warehouses, I'm sure you're getting a crazy good yeah. deal. They're not going to the liquor store like we are. So in that aspect, no. But I think in other aspects, fuck, I can't even. I don't even got my phone right now. What, what I was gonna call my homie who worked for Brown Foreman. Who manages like Jack Daniels and everything? Oh, that's interesting. Though. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who want to open bars and shit like that. What's his number? My nigga Westholy. I got a phone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that's interesting because I've noticed mad people who like. I mean, I'm happy about all the little uh, the nutty people, the nutty makers, and all the drink makers that just recently came up in the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. I done had mad fucking new custom drinks I ain't never had before from people. Uh, How are those custom number? drinks? Uh, I, I'm, he's about to answer me right now. Oh, uh, yeah, man. No, that's that's that's. Um, to, what, yeah. what does he do? Um, here, let me see your phone. He used to work at Brown Foreman. Um, and Brown Foreman is a liquor uh company. Let me see. I hate when it fucking come on. All right, about to get rocking. You ready? It's my nigga West. He's mad. He's mad funny. I always told him we should be on a. He got to be on a pod. But now he's in in it indirectly. I wonder how it sounds. Yeah, do his intro. Hello. Yo, yo. Yo, what's good. Yeah, we on the podcast. Was good. Yo, Vlad, say what's good. Yo. Yo, what's good, bro? What's yeah. going on, West? Chilling. First of all, first and foremost, we're gonna bring you on. You know, we're gonna bring you on soon. But I wanted to ask you about because we started talking about liquor, right? And we'll tell them, tell them uh-huh. that about like the liquor industry. What you're talking about? Oh like, no, we're right? just talking about like you know getting um, most likely like liquor, like clubs, bars. You know, when they're when they're buying, they're buying probably at a wholesale price. 
that is not that high at all because they're buying in such bulk. And how they were hurting during COVID. I know they're hurting during COVID, but you know they probably have a big overhead that they have to maintain to create a profit in those type of um, establishments. So, like, uh, well, how, you being that you worked in the liquor industry, like, how how is it? Do clubs make majority money off of liquor, and then also, could they make money selling it at a regular price? Yeah, so clubs make the bulk of their money selling alcohol. Yeah, the mar- like the margin in comparison to what they're buying for is so much more high than what they're buying it for. For instance, like I went out on uh, I went out on Friday. Um, and this is like one of the one of the things, particularly like clubs in New Jersey, clubs out of out of New York. You get a relationship with um, you get a relationship with your city, and then you get a relationship with ABC. They allow people to, to fill in over capacity. So, for instance, it was supposed to be twenty five percent. They allowed um, like a hundred percent occupancy. And then they also allow, like the ABC, you're supposed to follow certain regulations with like COVID. So for instance, you're supposed to have, if you're going to drink alcohol, it's supposed to be like in a closed container. You're supposed to be, um, you know, six feet apart when you drink. Each person is supposed to have their own drink. And when I went out on Friday, everybody, it was like back to normal. Everybody was drinking. Everybody was next to each other. And they can charge you more money just based on, you know, they're, they're, they're the game in town. So certain, if you're a small business, like if you're a small club or restaurant, um, and, and because of COVID and not being able to serve serve alcohol, a lot of folks were going under. But if you're a big club and you can, you know, they allow you to do to-go, you know, like, like a lot of to-go cocktails, you could kind of, at least, you know, at least pay your bills, that overhead to be paid for because they're allowing people to do to-go cocktails if they have a kitchen, they do to-go meals. So that that at least has them pay the bills. But for the most part, without a liquor license, bro, like your club's gonna fall apart. So if I buy, if I buy a, so how it works is, I work at the supplier, right? So the company I work for, Brown Foreman, we make, like Jack Daniels, Corbell Champagne, we make the we make the brand. The distributor has the distributor license. They sell it to the clubs. The, the distributor will work out a deal with the club um, to get lower pricing for that club. So if, if a bottle of Jack Daniels or a bottle of Hennessy costs thirty thirty six dollars for the club, they'll put a package together for them where they get a rebate to lower the price, depending on what state you, you're in, we will determine how, how that price is worked out, but they'll do that. So if I'm paying $36 for a bottle, and then I'm going back on the low end and charge somebody $250, $300 for a bottle, I already was able to buy a case of alcohol for, with one bottle purchase. Yeah. So you go to the club, you sell the bottle, I sell the bottle to you, you already paid for my case. So that's how they make their money. But yeah, they, without, without so they don't they don't get it at a price like so if you know retail let's say we get a bottle of jack for uh let's say 35 they don't get no like cut because of volume um i mean they get a, a slight cut i mean 
it, and it really is state to state. So every state is ran different. Like if you're a, a commonwealth or if you're a controlled state, you only, you're only you're not allowed to discount like that. But if you're in a state, a state where it's franchised, you can discount. So like they'll get it for a, co- a cut cost, but um, they'll get it for a cut cost, but they won't get it for that much less than somebody's getting it at a store because they're making money from buying in bulk. So they get an incentive if they have if they buy thirty cases of Hennessy, they'll get an incentive for like a ten thousand dollar check or twelve thousand dollar check on top of however much extra money that they're they're putting on top of that, that bottle. So they'll make their their goal is to make at least like twenty dollars, thirty dollars minimum on a bottle of alcohol. Some of these clubs are making like extra hundred fifty, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars off of one bottle of alcohol. Then because they bought a big quantity of cases, they'll get like another check for like ten grand, five grand, however much that that supplier worked it out towards whatever they want, whether it's the bills, whether they want the cash that check put in their pocket. So that's their incentive. You get a check at the end of the month, and then. You can you can sell your alcohol for however, however low or high you want. You just can't go underneath what you pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's how basically it works. But, but you know, majority, if you're if you're if you're a talking club, you're gonna buy. You're gonna go through like like Avenue, right? Avenue might go through or Avenue or Marquee. They may go through uh, Ace of Spades. They may buy like 200, 300 cases of Ace of Spades. 400 cases of Ace throughout the year, even maybe more, because they go through so much and they charge so high, people are going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, yeah, nah. So, because it's trying to figure out, like, how the clubs are, I, even, like, think about it, all the clubs in, in New York and New Jersey, like, how they're surviving during COVID or if they're surviving or if they're closing down because, like, because of. Bars more or less. Bars close. Bars are having a harder time in clubs. Because a lot of bars don't have kitchens. The kitchen, the kitchen, like serving food and being able to serve alcohol to go is probably like, was like the most pivotal thing they could have done. Like the, the governor here, he allowed people to have like to go. That, mm-hmm. that like changed, that like changed the game because now these people can pay their bills. You know, like I can, I can sell you as a, as a bar or could have a, a, a liquor license or as a club, I can sell you a case of beer or or bottles, you know, a few bottles of alcohol because now I have my license, so you ain't got to go to the store. So now I can give you a bottle of alcohol and food or a case of beer and food. You can just take it to go. And it'll charge a little bit more than the liquor store will charge, but it, that, 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 that allows them to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. But... The, the impact of alcohol is so big, like music and alcohol go so hand in hand in, in the club atmosphere that like, you ever notice when you had a, you had a club and, and you had a table full of girls and the alcohol is gone, the girls eat? Because... <laughs> 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 said, oh, say, say that again? I said, I said, yeah, I said that music, like in clubs, the music and alcohol go hand in hand. Like without the alcohol, there's no party. So like you ever notice you have a table, you know, a table full of chicks and and the alcohol runs out, all of a sudden the girls leave. 
Like they start looking around. Yeah. And also <laughs> one leaves and the other one leaves. Because no alcohol. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So like that's how important alcohol is. So without alcohol, a lot of these clubs, man, they go out of business. You lose your liquor license in a club. That's a wrap. You lose, lose everything, you know. Yeah. So, so how many, how many places do you think lost their liquor license during this? Just as a result of not being able to open up and not um, even have no club. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lost the license because you have to buy your license to get the club. I mean, I mean, it, it depends on their package, right? So, for instance, you could buy a, you could buy a club or a space with the license already there. You may be paying a monthly on it. I would say that there's a ton of people. I mean, I got, I got spots. When I used to work in the liquor industry, I got I had spots that just opened, and you know they were banking on like people coming in because because the alcohol really pays their bills more than food. Because food don't you know it's food. So you thirteen dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars for some food. When you got drinks that are going for like seventeen, eighteen dollars a drink, people want to drink three or four drinks plus shots plus whatever. So they banking on this alcohol. So I had an account actually by the airport just open real nice spot but they were struggling I think they closed down because um they couldn't serve alcohol like they needed people to come inside and drink because it was that type of establishment and they were losing so much money and they had to pay off the, they had to pay off the building and I think they I think that building didn't come with a liquor license so they were paying a monthly on the license and you know some of the license would be like 200 grand 150 grand, 300 grand, that's average. Like, I know, like, in certain spots in the city, it's like $500,000 for liquor license. It's worth it. Don't so, make that back, though. That's hella bread, bro. The longer you stay in, you make mad, that back. But, you that's know, bread, but you will make that back. If you think just, about that market. Think about it like this. Huh? No, no, go ahead. You said think about it like what? Just think about it like this, right? I remember we, um, I remember I went to, um, we, we had launched this tequila. This new tequila, Herador tequila is not new, but the, the skew of it was new, the flavor was new, it was ultra, right? So, the, that, the, the Herador was supposed to compete with like Patron, and um, like like more of a premium club type, uh, tequila. Uh, you know, lounge type tequila. Yeah. So, we, we, we released it, whatever, it was popping in there, T.I. was in there, H.T.A. Ryan, everybody was in there, right? So, we, we spent probably like 10 grand in it. Just because, like, just as a, just as a, we have to do a give back. Like, companies do give backs. If you buy in a certain amount of product, a company will do an expense and they'll do a give back um, to kind of like balance you out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But you figure this, right? When I went in there at night, no, no lie, it had to be. A, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was. Things was flying in there. Like, every people was buying ten packs, ten packs Moet, ten pack, uh, five, five Hennessy. Another ten pack crystal, like it had some crystal moving in there. It was they had to at least spend like three hundred, three hundred fifty grand one night, but that's six hours, four, four to six hours of clubbing. That's fine. The total money they spent in there was probably they probably made like three hundred fifty grand, four hundred grand in there one night. Damn. So that's how impactful. Just like I'm not even talking about the bar. I'm talking about these people buying bottles. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how impactful like liquor is. You can make four hundred grand. A club can a popping club can make four hundred grand, five hundred grand in one night. And if those are paid, the mortgage is paid for the month oh, after one night. Tax rate. Damn, son, that shit is yeah. You're right. That shit is wild. That's wild, and that may not like yeah. 
They can lie on the books easily. Yeah, you could lie about how much cash you took in, all type of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like you know, it, COVID did affect folks on the on the on the tip where it was like, you know, they banking on that, they banking on that liquor to come through flowing. Um, those clubs are, are banking on it, but on the flip side, it's like, you know, now they back. You know, people are buying more and more and more. Yo, I went when I went out on Friday. I think everybody. Bought a bottle, so that was in the spot. Like I never, I didn't see nobody play the bar. Everybody was buying bottles. I'm like, yo, how would people afford to buy this? Like, it's have these people. I know I have these people on unemployment. Niggas are in there looking flossy. I'm sitting here like, yo, pops, where, where are you getting, where are you getting this money from? Bro? Like, what am I doing wrong? That bonus in the check. <laughs> he's got, he's got, he's got the payroll, the payroll tax deferral right. bonus. You ready? That little six fifty seven hundred dollars, whatever they make a week. That's eight day putting that to work. Niggas is mad. Going right to the club. I had one little bottle, huh? You said you had one little bottle. <laughs> yeah, I had one little bottle, little hookah. I'm thinking I'm doing something. It was a little little dude next to me. He was popping them things. He had a bad chick with him. Like, yo, I gotta get my stuff together. Like, tighten <laughs> nah, up. Nah, you good, bro. Nah, you good. I'm good. I'm playing, but to be to be honest with you, yo, like all of that is a side anyway. Like, like the liquor thing. Liquor is a side, you know. Like, like just like being in the industry too. Like, it's. It, they banking on people, people's ego to make money, right? Yes. So the liquor industry is is targeting certain demographics of people, and had, they they actually like have a to go to market plan certain demographics of people because they know that everybody has a different type of like black folks, right? Unfortunately, like a lot of black folks or a lot of minorities, our priority is about like you know um, you know have a drink. Be more of an enthusiast of alcohol or an enthusiast of bourbon. A lot of us be out there like on a play, so they they know that we're gonna create this party scene because these people are gonna spend at least five hundred to a thousand dollars on our brand that we hurried up and made and we we we, we uh, fast track this this brand to get it in and out, mass produced it. It doesn't taste good. Like Hennessy don't taste good. Hennessy don't taste better than Remy Martin. No distance, but Remy Martin. Has has the grapes are different than Hennessy, but because they put so much marketing behind Hennessy, this this is a lure. Like yo, if you drink Hennessy, you you are you know you're doing something. It's a status thing. You know, people that don't have the bread. Like I've been out. Like a lot of my friends, they had the bread. We in college, they had a great buying four five bottles of Hennessy, and you know at that, at that time it wasn't so expensive, and the bill was like eleven hundred. And now everybody's you know reaching in their pockets. Pulling lint, you know what I mean, and and that's the whole like the liquor industry knows that they, we that we are prone to doing this. Like they'll come in and have a whole marketing scheme to to go after a certain demographic of people. They like 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 different like different like Martell, Hennessy, all of they have a like an enthusiast lifestyle position or something like that, like an enthusiast lifestyle position where the person is. Person makes six figures. They just go to clubs, take pictures, like they create this this vibe or this scene, 
And then the next day they recap to like the, the, the vice president and the marketing team of like what's working in the club and what's not working in the club. What type of demographic these people are, what what's the like the ambiance of the club, what's the age, what's this, what's that. So they know how to like, so they know how to manipulate their marketing schemes, their marketing scheme for the next time to attract a certain type of people. That makes sense. I like so that. Everything is just a facade. That's huh? fire. Now he's a blast said that shit's fire. He said it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, when we, when we, you know, when you have a business like me working in different businesses, I work Pepsi now, right? And like everything has a go to market. So, for instance, like Crush, like one of our, so Pepsi is like the core brand. Then you got you got like Ginger Ale. We got um, not Ginger Ale. We got uh, Sierra Mist. We have uh, we have a Sierra Mist. We got Seagrams. They got uh. uh and Gatorade and all the other brands but then like the black and Hispanic market that they, they crushes their thing so like the sweet drinks and even though those aren't as good for you they have a, a, a to go to market to, for those type of drinks for people to drink that and you gotta like almost plant somebody in those areas or like know the trends of those people and it doesn't matter if it's good for you it doesn't matter none of that all that matters is like this is what people are attracted to we created this formula for people to buy more of it and we're going to continue to make more, more and more and more money that's the same thing with liquor yo there's some liquor that are fire bro that go bankrupt like they got they taste good the quality's good everything they but because no they didn't have a good marketing huh? no clout he said yeah. you, he said you don't got no clout well because this is the last thing I wanted to, you know, last thing I wanted to, to tell you, well, to talk to you about before, before, you know, let you go and we wrap up. But you see how everybody's running around with Azul? With a what? With Azul. Azul, the tequila. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to like that shit. I didn't know that came out in, like, the early 2000s. So the Tito's. And, but the dude, he, he went to, like, it wasn't moving in the early 2000s, so he went back to, like, school to learn marketing, and all he did was repackage the bottle, redesign the bottle, and then now it's moving. Yeah. Tito's, Tito's is not new. I know Tito's is not new. Yeah, but Tito's was nothing no, until recently. Oh, well, well, yeah. Tito's is, Tito's, Tito's, is, Tito's is not new. That dude... The story what I heard from like different people, like distributors and stuff. I said, "How did this dude get so hot out here?" This Tito's guy, right? And what happened was the story is I don't know if you guys heard the story, but he used to make this the kid. I mean, make this this vodka rather, because um, he was like an engineer or something like that. So he had a little bit of paper, but um, he used to make this, this vodka and it was really good. He used to make it for Christmas as like a stocking stuff, stocking mm-hmm. stuff for his friends. And, and his friends used to be like, "Yo, this tastes real good. Like you should market it." Like, nah, 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 I'm good. This is what I heard. And um, one of his friends knew a distributor, and he snuck it. Like he took one of the bottles to a distributor, and they got them to taste it, and then they started liking it, and whatever. But this guy been around everywhere, and one of the things about him is like he's he's he lives by his own rules, right? So like a lot of companies start to buy Tito's, but they wanted to to mix him out of the mix because he's wild. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these companies are like very conservative. They've been around since like the 1800s. They're family owned. Like, but he's this guy who's like a cowboy, and he likes to get drunk. He likes to party, and he's like, "Yeah, you're not about to remove me from my brand." But now Cheetos is worth like five billion. So that's one. So think about it. That's one one flavor of vodka, and, and it's domestic. Cheetos 
in any other country? Whoa. That's fucking wild. I didn't know that. That's wild, right? That and is even, wild. Even with like, even with like, I like, I mean, I'm gonna let y'all go up before this. I mean, after this, this last one. So when I was working at Brown Foreman, you heard the story about like Nearest Green, the, the slave who created Jack Daniels. Yeah, Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest, right? So Uncle Nearest, like when you go into the distillery, um, you can get a picture of him, and it's a picture of him and like his kids work for for Jack Daniels and all that. But his family wanted some type of his, what, his family wanted some type of like um, share of Jack Daniels or something like that, and they couldn't find it, and, and they couldn't find a, a supplier. So I think like um, Sazerac took them on. And when I used to go to my stores, you know that bottle was collecting dust. Nobody knew about the bottle. There was no type of sales of material on it, nothing. And the problem with that is like. Jack Daniels is a, is a powerhouse. It's the number one number one whiskey in the world. Jack Daniels should have, Brown Foreman should have took, took that, that brand and put marketing dollars behind that brand and created it as another skew of the Jack Daniels family, like Honey, like like Jack Daniels Honey, like the Fire, like Jack Daniels Apple, like the Rye, and made the Uncle Nearest, like, because they have distributor series. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, distributor series. They should have made it one of those so it could put some, put some, put some fire behind it. But because the fa- I feel because the family has such a high percentage, you know that 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 bottle was a dying brand, you know. Like we had, it was all this talk about this slave who created Jack Daniels, uh, brand, helped create the brand. He was slave. He created the recipe. And now, so now you go in the store, it's on the bottom shelf. Like that's the type of, you know, that's that's just shameful. So now, you know, after 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 um, uh, George Floyd, the George Floyd situation happened. Brown Foreman put like $5 million behind the, the, the brand. But you can't just throw money at something, you know? Like, that's the problem with a lot of companies. When they want when you, when they want to do something that is, um, you know, a give back or to help, you got to build that brand from the ground up. So, you give that $5 million, they should be, they, that, that $5 million turns into $500 million because you put, some brand act, some some marketing uh, strategy, and some brand action behind it. Because you got to go out there and pay, beat the pavement and really build these brands from the from the ground up. You can't just just sit there and throw money. And 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 I think that um, when you don't have a good marketing plan behind a lot of these a lot of these products, they die. You know, there's so many. And next time you go in the liquor store, look at all of these companies. You're like, what is this? I never heard this before. And you can taste it, but it'll taste good. But they don't put no marketing dollars behind, it, so it fails. Shit, man. I appreciate that, bro. But listen, man, we gonna I'm gonna let you go. But you know, you know, you I'm, gonna, pull up. I'm gonna chop it up with you. And you know, most definitely you're gonna pull up on an episode soon. So I hope you're ready to bring that jersey talk, you heard? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I appreciate I appreciate y'all, you know, uh let me let me hop on and uh let me give some of my input on, on, on the industry and everything. Come on, anytime, you know. So I'm gonna holler at you soon, all right? All right, I'll holler at you. All right, man, boy. take care. Damn, he made me want oh, to go start. He made me want to go start my own liquor brand and see what's up with it. It's funny, West son. He 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 know mad shit about the industry. He made me want to go do that. I'd be a nice that that, that margin. That, those profit margins are crazy, insane, crazy. I didn't what even think about clubs it? like that. Like think about if you make three hundred thousand dollars in a night. No wonder fucking uh, James St. Patrick was trying to get Truth popping, but. Ooh. 
You're not paying attention, bitch. I am, my nigga. I'm really to get this liquor money. Shut the fuck you up. Me and this motherfucking shit. I'll be up in there promoting my shit too. You, you gonna be a truth? <laughs> Club truth? <laughs> nah, not at all. Hell no. But yo, more people buying my bottle and live. Thank you for another episode of the. F- Think if about you know, how much you know. money. I mean, probably not, not anymore, obviously. But when live was the place to be. Think about how much money they would probably make a night. Think about if that was your account. But they probably have to pay a fee. A celebrity fee. They always have celebrities. Yeah, but I'm saying, think about if that's your account. Yo. Like your account where you're funding the... Yeah, yeah. That is wild. You're you're making a shit ton of money. Yeah. And you're valuable because now you know how to make different liquors move. How much money do you think they made a night? Probably a mil. Uh, Depends. But like over, over a quarter mil. Yeah, over a quarter. I said over a mil. Probably not over a mil. Over a quarter over, mil. Definitely over. I think a little higher than that. No, on average, I'm saying on no, average, like, like in a good night. Oh, live on live on Sunday. Yeah, live on Sunday is over a mil every every time. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, but yo, thank you for listening to another episode of the If You Know You Know podcast. Hope y'all you know took some gems away from that. Yeah, we were talking about alcohol a lot tonight. Cause it's a Saturday night. You know, we're, and, and, and we in the crib. Yeah, those are the kind of vibes you're gonna get. So. Saturday night pod. It's a little different. Word. But lock in with us, and we're going to holler at you next episode. You're. Talk to me.